Welcome back to another episode of the People of Packaging podcast. Uh, you are not going to want to miss this episode with Greg Constantine from Air Company. Air Company is taking carbon from the atmosphere and creating products from it. Imagine that. They're making vodka, they're making hand sanitizer, they've got other big plans in the work. I, I don't want you to miss that episode. And speaking of taking things and creating value from it, you can see here if you're watching this episode that uh, we are partnering and have partnered with a friend of our show, Pack IoT, for the state of digital maturity in the packaging industry. All right, we've got companies from 28 different countries and they all came together to, to collaborate on what is the state of digital maturity within the packaging industry. So we were partnering with PackIoT, a couple other companies. One of their, some of their key findings are that 35% of packaging companies that they surveyed can assure that they are achieving their productivity goals and keeping track of their OEE. Listen, that number should be significantly higher. Our friends at PackIoT are equipped. They are the ones who can help your packaging company grow and become more efficient. You want to make sure to check them out at PackIoT.com. Uh, so everybody go do that. Like I said in the last episode, it's a total no-brainer. And now we're going to get to the episode with Greg Constantine from Air Company. You don't want to miss this. It's really inspiring and really awesome. Well, uh, this, this is becoming a, a really fun theme where I get to meet some of the coolest people on the planet. Um, and I use the word cool and planet there intentionally because we're going to talk a lot about what uh, Greg Constantine, who's joining me here on the podcast, is doing at Air Company. We're going to hear a little bit about his journey. How did he arrive at the places that he's arrived? And then we're just going to dream a little bit also. Uh, together because we are we're both uh, kindred spirits when it comes to to this topic. So, uh, Greg, welcome to the People Thank of you. Packaging podcast. It's a bit of a mouthful, but I like alliteration. What can I say? I like it. Thanks for having me, Adam. I really appreciate it, mate. Yeah, for sure. I also we we named it uh, POP because of like POP displays, but also because I'm a big sure. body by nature fan, and I like to say like, "Are you down with POP?" Um, <laughs> you know, it's not perfect, but we're working on it. It works. Um, yeah. So, Greg, you're in. Uh, you live in New York City. Is that where the company is yep. based out of? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And how? What? What has been? What? What's been your journey like? To, you know, I don't need to know like every single detail of your life. Obviously, you'd be here forever. Uh, but just you know, some of the highlights about when when you're telling your story about Air Company and what you guys are doing that didn't just happen overnight. I'm guessing, right? So, what sort of led yeah. you to to starting the company and and really looking at a, a, a problem from a creative lens? Great question. Uh, and firstly, thanks for, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. so I mean, w what kind of led us to, to start Air Company was a, a lack of inspiration in what I was doing prior, right? It was, you know, I, I'm, as you mentioned, I'm from Texas, right? Um, Australia, <laughs> Australia originally. And I, and I, I moved to New York almost 10 years ago and I, I, I got recruited to a, um, to a really big corporate publicly traded, um, company. And, you know, while I was there, um, I was having a, you know, I was, I was enjoying learning about that style of business. Um, and, you know, I was, I was funnily enough in a bar 
overseas where I met my now co-founder and business partner, Stafford. Um, and I was considering, you know, embarking on, an, on, on another venture, on another journey, right? I really, I'm from Australia and I'm from, I'm from an island, right? And I moved to this concrete jungle in New York. So it's, it's such a stark contrast from, from where you're from being, you know, ocean and the rest. And um, I would say that my sensitivities to sustainability were, were growing, but they weren't anywhere where they are to date until I met my, my business partner. And um, a lot of the inspiration around why we do what we do comes from him and his technological background as an environmentalist as well. And then hopefully what I like to bring from the creative lens, from the innovation side of things and from helping commercialize um, and storytell really tough things to understand. Because when we started it almost five years ago, if you asked, if you told someone that you were going to work on turning carbon dioxide into something, they'd almost look at you with their eyes crossed and be like, well, what is that? And, and like, why basically? So that was, that was kind of some of the inception of, of why. And then when we got together, uh, we became friends and kind of bonded over some of those things like innovation and purpose-driven, you know, I ideologies that we kind of stood for as well as environmentalism and we said, look, if there's anything that we have to try to do, we have to try to do this. Mm. And that's where we started. That's awesome. I love, um, the, the reason why I think origin stories are so powerful is because it does provide, it, it, whether it's a superhero story or a business story, in some, in some cases, I would argue when the business is doing superhero-like work, you know, everyone wants to save the world and save the planet. Right. Um, and, but the reason it's so powerful is because it does provide a level of humanity to it, right? Uh, that this isn't just a, a thing that happened because you're like, we just wanted to get rich right. and we thought, well, this is a way to get rich. You know, that's not yeah. a really good story, but, uh, that yeah. that's, and what part of Australia did you, did, did you Sydney. grow up in? Okay. Sydney. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, Sydney. I, my sister used to live, she worked for Yahoo seven. So I spent the, I went and visited her over there and and it's a, it is a, it is a awesome and fascinating world. Uh, I got to go to the gold coast for a little bit, bought a rugby gold coast Titans thing. I didn't even really know, but I was like for, for a week, I loved rugby. It's kind of like now, like the Olympics are on. I'm just like, I think I'm going to watch so much track and field. I'll never watch. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, You feel like you're an ex, you feel like you're almost an expert now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, the way their head moved on that turn, it's like, I don't really know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I do, I do enjoy it. Uh, no, that's, that's cool. And, and your, your co-founder, so there, there seems, to, so you, you met, you said overseas in a bar. And so it's appropriate the, you know, that you, you start, you started with vodka. Is that the product right. that you started to make? Yeah, yeah. We started okay. with a vodka product. Okay. So what, what about those conversations or I guess, what about this partnership made you think I need to quit my job in New York city, which for people who don't know, not an inexpensive place to live and go all in on this. What was it about maybe the connection with Stafford and, and just that, that like what fueled that passion for you? I think it's a, a, a sum of a few things, including probably my naivety at, at, at a young age as well. Like you know, so you know, when we had met, I was firstly enthralled by his, his brilliance as a technologist, like tr- truly, and I, and I mean that. Um, and then, and then two, uh, 
I, I'm definitely the risk taker, not only in the relationship with staff, but just period. And so when, when I think about, you know, creating an opportunity, embarking on something new and, and truly trying to do something that had never been done before, like really never been done before at the scale that we wanted to get to, um, we said, well, like I said before, like we said, we'd have to do it. But at the same time, the first product that we wanted to go after was, was something that I was already working on in my in, my, in a prior role. So I, I was coming a little bit from the alcohol industry. So it was definitely a realm that I had some level of small experience in, right? I was still under 30. So, you know, you think you know a lot, but really you, you don't know anything at that point in time. Um, and and that was really the basis for it. And part of the reason why we chose a vodka product, but but secondly, and, and, and thirdly afterwards was because our core product being alcohol that we create from carbon dioxide really tends itself um, to, to the vodka industry because it's, a, it's really, really high purity. So it's fantastic mm. for consumption. It's better for consumption from, than, than traditional methods. And then lastly, it's an education tool, right? If we wanted to go create a, a commodity product of the bat, no one would understand it. No one would believe in it. And no one would kind of buy into the product story, the messaging. And we wouldn't have a viable startup because that's what we are to, to continue to run if we're not generating revenue as well. So there was, there was real business reasons and there was a real educational reason as well. Yeah, that, make, that makes a ton of sense. And then from there, uh, you, you ventured into other product categories, right? I see right. Uh, on, on the website, which by the way is aircompany.com. Uh, spelled just like you would think. It's super easy. There's no nothing weird about it. Um, but it looks like you've got uh, you, you've got a few other products. So it so from vodka, I, there's a there is a natural movement I think during COVID from people that who are making alcohol to be able to make hand sanitizer, um, and, and even I think that there were some people who way who just like were like this is never going to leave. And that's all they made. And I'm like ah. Uh, Pretty sure the big hand sanitizer companies are going to start making a lot of hand sanitizer here pretty right. soon. Maybe don't yeah. maybe don't shut down your production line. Um, yeah. But you were able to do it still using the same carbon capture technology. Yeah, yeah. So so we're a carbon utilization company, and and, and what we do is we take you know captured CO two and we turn it into ethanol, which is a type of alcohol. Um, ethanol can be applied to spirits perfumes, cleaning products, and, and a slew of other products, right, as, as the foundation. So um, we started with vodka and we didn't anticipate really creating a sanitizer at all until the pandemic where um, we basically, you know, flipped the switch on our production to make sanitizer that we donated throughout New York City and around the country. And I think, you know, up until about three or four months ago, we donated about fifteen to 20,000 bottles of sanitizer that we, that we had created. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and, 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 okay. So you, you kind of hit, you kind of hit on my next question, which was, you said you're a, a carbon utilization company. And that's where I think we'll probably end up landing when we start talking about maybe some, some future things, particularly as it pertain to packaging. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, has it been disappointing for you? I mean, we have a, a large audience of like packaging engineers, young packaging designers who are going to universities uh, throughout the world. And so, uh, have, has has seeing all the technology that you've had to do, and you talk about uh, Stafford and kind of his his brilliance in this area, has it been disappointing then to go interact with the packaging industry and go, oh, is this all we got? Really, this is the best? Because I I would think it would be 
a sad moment, not like a, oh, I found my kindred spirit. Has that been the case? It's, it, this is a safe place. We can. Yeah. Yeah. Look, <laughs> I would say it's, it's not a sad place because the alcohol industry has been around for just as long, if not longer. And, and, and it had never been innovated in from a sustainable point of view either. So I think it's a, I think what we hope to try to do is be a beacon for other people to try and help basically. And sure, mm. the, there aren't the best packaging solutions out there. Um, so we have to try to make do with what is available. And what I would also say is that like, we're working on innovations in our team to do just that as well. We're trying to turn CO2 into packaging options as well, basically. Um, so yeah, it's not, I think it's sad across the board, across every industry that we're not moving quicker than what we should be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I read, I don't know if I'm I'm sure you have, but if you haven't, uh, it's, it's an interesting book, the, um, Bill Gates's latest book that he, um, right how to avoid a climate crisis. And, and he does, he, I think at least hopefully put in a palatable way, the, the emphasis on the struggle with carbon capture technologies, which was, there wasn't any uh, real value to be. So, you you know, you, you can't carbon capture your way, then make nothing out of it. There's not enough money to do that. Right. And so that's why I personally have, it's been really exciting for me to find companies that are creating valuable products out of it. Um, including this idea of packaging. So, I mean, obviously I don't, I don't, you don't have to talk about anything that you're working on that is proprietary, but I guess from, from my perspective, and as we are talking to innovative packaging solutions, people, um, and, and we're looking at how do we cool the climate doing carbon capture? That was an alliteration too. That was a solid four letter cool the climate using carbon carbon capture capture. uh so so as you're looking at the packaging industry are there are there maybe areas where you're like this one would be really primed uh whether it's primary or secondary or shipping or um because there's a lot you know you see it all the time right there's a ton of greenwashing out there specifically in the packaging industry so people using not so true messaging but it's kind of true but they're, you know, you know how it is. So, yeah. so are, are there areas that you look at and you think like there's some low hanging fruit and then there's maybe some industries or some places where this, this would be tough. Yeah. Um, it's, it's tough across the board. Um, low hanging fruit is designing for reuse, for reuse, right? Okay. That's, that's, a, that's true low hanging fruit that, you know, increases your sustainable viability by a long shot, right? You know, reusability is is actually the height of sustainability because you you're not you don't know you don't have to recreate and recreate and dispose and waste. So we spend a lot of time where we can designing our packaging that we can't create ourselves for potential reuse, whether it's bottle design, whether it's cap design, whether it's external packaging, primary or tertiary, so that people can reuse. And obviously we're trying to limit the amount of packaging that we're, that we like the amount of material that we're using. Um, right. You know, a, a massive one as well. Um, kind of supplementary to that, we're working on how we can turn CO2 into materials as well. So that to your point, uh, capturing CO2 from the atmosphere is great. Storing it's great, but, if you can utilize it in a product and, and store it as well, it's even better. So more innovations just need to come out from a, from a carbon reduction point of view on a hopeful route to, to creating materials from them. And you see it from, you know, 
algae-based materials, mushroom-based materials. You see other types of ways of creating things. And I think this level of maybe um, uh, awareness around these types of skill sets that are going into creating these types of things are, are making it more readily available and people are understanding that you can actually create high-quality products in a better way. Yeah, no, that's cool. Uh, one of my, and sort of the person who introduced me was, I think he was on in season two. So we're on our mm -hmm. fourth season of this podcast, which is mind-blowing to me. <laughs> uh, it's really crazy. I think we're in like over 60 countries now where at least my mom has VPN'd in. <laughs> from like like 50 where's the biggest, countries where's the biggest viewership it's a uh, u.s based and then uh, i mean it's in english right so i think sure. it's you're gonna have uh, u.s uk uh parts of eu canada and mexico is uh, actually awesome. india as well we've had okay. uh it, packaging in india is um is it's, it's a it's a big industry down there uh, i also go to india a lot so i end up talking about it so i don't know if that's sure. beneficial that but helps. it does help yeah um but so I had this guy, his name's, uh, he's a friend of mine named Steven Steele, and his whole company is actually carbon capture for uh, cellulose. Um, and so he's creating cellulose from carbon capture. Yep. Um, so that might be an interesting episode to listen to, or just a person to talk to who's a another sure. fellow kindred spirit. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that the future is is really encouraging to me at least to to be able to you know meet not only people like you but companies like you and and what you guys are doing um what i i did see on your uh, i'll switch gears here and then we'll come back to it but yeah. i did see you are a is it forbes 30 under 30 i am okay what does that mean i literally don't i see it but i like what what sure. what was that i i, yeah. on, I, I genuinely don't know like what I see yeah, all the so time, but like, was it? I'll event? give you a bit Did of you get to do. Yeah, so in 2017, when I was working at, at my at my former employer, it's actually the, the the way I met my my now business partner. We were both separately selected as uh, within a group of 30 people under 30 that Forbes had highlighted in their specific fields for um for one reason or another. They'd highlighted oh. us, and then they had sent about. 30 or so of us overseas from various backgrounds on a, on a week long trip to meet, learn about the area that we were in and, and, and meet and, and kind of um, network with these types of people. And that is where I met my now business partner, Stafford. Cool. All right. That yeah. made, so, so it actually did have some relevance. I didn't, I didn't realize that. I just saw it on there. I was like, wait, I've actually, I actually don't think I know what this means. Um, yeah. Well, that's, that's cool. Uh, so another thing that I wanted to ask you about when it comes to sustainability, and obviously we talk a lot about sustainability and sustainable packaging here, yeah. is is the this note that you have about uh, donating. It, it, are you on, so the donation piece? That's a piece with only with the sanitizer, or you have other items? Is there sort of like a Tom's model that you've also employed from a charitable giving perspective? Yeah, so so we've worked on other charitable items. Absolutely, the the sanitizer charitable item was in respect to continuing the ongoing charitable work that we were doing for the reason in which we created it, basically, right? And 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 that's the the main reason and the main focus. Um, I would say that um, we offer uh, a lot of time and resource into charitable work as an early stage startup. We're not 
flooded with cash that we're yeah. that we have the ability to be able to go out and make you know exorbitant charitable donations you can't um, do carbon capture with cash yet you can't just turn <laughs> not yet not yet, not yet. Hopefully, okay. hope, hopefully hopefully one day yeah that's cool uh yeah I, I mean when i the reason i connect that to sustainability is because i think we get so focused on end of life for products or end of life for packaging as the only thing with sustainability i'm like no, there's a lot that goes into being a sustainable company, having a, a culture of sustainability. And part of that is having a charitable, not, not even like a, a, a marketing thing, right? Like it is a, it is an actual Legitimate. ethos or culture that just says we are going to, you know, get, not only help, but we're also help the planet, but we're also going to give back. Right. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. I, I, I think that's an important, that's an important thing. So for you and for the team, um, you've been going for five years now. Uh, you're working on a whole bunch of stuff, I'm guessing. Um, you're creating this. Is it, is it it's, right now? Is it just ethanol that you're, you're, you're creating? Or do you have other things that you're creating from a carbon standpoint? We have other things that we're creating from a carbon standpoint. Um, you know, the alcohols that we create, like ethanol, is the, the most publicly facing one. And I think that what you'll see over the next six months and 12 months is other innovations you know, cool. being announced and coming out. Yeah. Oh, man, I can't wait. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see, to see what those are. And, and so along with your innovations, are you, um, are you looking like, well, number one, are you for sale in places i'm guessing yeah. you're for sale outside of new york city yeah i don't think yeah. i don't yeah. think i can get like stuff shipped to me in utah so i can't actually unless there's like a place here i think we're like one of the only is that true is utah the only state that you can't ship alcohol to utah's utah's very tough very very tough from an alcohol consumption distribution point of view it's one of the one of the toughest in the country um yeah yeah we, we're, we're for sale in in the three biggest vodka consumption states in states in the country which are new york California and, and Florida. Okay, cool. And yeah. um, and and really, can can people go online and buy products if they're yeah. allowed to ship? Yeah, unlike absolutely. Utah. Yeah, Governor yeah. Spencer Cox, I'm calling you out. Let's. <laughs> we gotta fix this thing. Um, well, that that's cool. So you are you're you you've got a captive audience right now in the packaging industry. I try to ask this question to a lot of people kind of outside sort of in and outside of the packaging industry but mm -hmm. um i find it to be a really fascinating one and and, and you know we'll kind of wrap this up and then you can talk about how people can connect up with with you and, and talk talk or uh get stuff from your company but so you were handed the whatever i don't know a, a wizarding wand from the packaging dumbledore and and you can you can wave it and fix a current thing that you see in the industry, right? Like you just, you, you have all power to do it or, or Thanos's snap thingy. I don't know. I'm really not great. Sure. I don't actually watch a lot of these movies. I just yeah. know that they're cultural references. You can fix anything about the packaging industry. Um, and, and you have this captive audience. So what is maybe a thing or a process that you just wish would, would go away? We'll, we'll, we'll put a little parameter on it. Besides the obvious, which is what you're already trying to accomplish, right? Sure. Um, so yeah. what, what do you think that thing would be? Or a couple of things. I, I think the, the thing for us, or at least for, for me personally, would be 
over overuse. And what I mean by overuse is when you you know when you get a when you order something on Amazon, um, it comes in a box, in a box, in a box, in a box, in a box. And when we talk about you know the, the waste that's that's associated with with that level of of, of packaging, uh, I think that's one thing that if if there's you know, when you're talking on volume and not talking about the obvious, right? Because if the obvious were it'd be that we, you would be creating in a way that was carbon reductive, not carbon positive. Um, I think that that's a, you know, just, just the level of wastage that comes in a modern context is, is just so gargantuan. And especially in the United States, um, it's, it's, it's ex exorbitantly high as well. So that's one thing I would I'd try to stress on as well. Yeah. And the funny thing about that is like, you're right. It, it, it's frustrating um, and it's bad for business on a couple of different bottom lines, right? Like it's bad for your brand integrity. It's, it's obviously bad for sustainability. It's also bad for profit, you know, like right. spending extra money on packaging does not benefit anybody other than the packaging manufacturer. And that's where, where I try to educate people like myself who are in the packaging industry, who work for manufacturers to say like, if you are doing business development, if you're doing R and D, like it's your job not to sell as many things as you right. possibly can. It's your job to make sure that you are solving the, solving the right problem and only solving the right problem and doing nothing more yeah. than, yep. than what that is. And, and unfortunately, I think, especially when it comes to the tertiary kind of some of the shipping packaging, there's a bit of CYA that comes in where it's like, you don't, people are just trying to ram products through to market. And so you'll over package it so that it doesn't get damaged or you'll over package it so that it creates this great experience. But if you just took a step back or maybe took a little bit more time to figure it out, you could really right size the packaging and, and right. um, could, so could, that's a great one. With the, with the last kind of, however long we got left, could yeah. I ask you, the exact same question that you just asked me uh that is the first of uh, people of packaging first great uh <laughs> there yeah um if i could fix anything well okay so if i actually had a magic wand and if there were no limitations mm -hmm. we would have a way to use no packaging and and what i mean is now it would require like either actual teleportation like some sort of night crawler thing that right. or like the old willy wonka show where you like sure. it like comes out like mike tv and like goes through the air and then shows back up uh so it's it would either like you'd either need that or fully localized buying you know yeah. like you, you don't you don't have this massive global supply chain both of those i think are equally as uh i don't uh, not impossible obviously but um we we are so reliant on a global supply chain right now it would be hard to just say like i'm only going to buy from local farmers markets right. you know i'm, I'm going to make more of an agrarian society um, sure. it's sort of the double-edged sort of the packaging industry which is the more a society advances the the more complexity is required through a supply chain and therefore the more packaging um is i i got to give a uh like a tedx talk mm -hmm. 29 no 2020 yeah it was in 2020 i don't know it, it, like covid has just completely messed up my time <laughs> but i talked about how it's kind of like packaging inception where if you have a bottle 
and a label is going to go on the bottle and you've got a cap, like you see like three things of packaging, but what you don't see is back here, which is all of the things that go into making a bottle that, that all required packaging to get to the bottle manufacturer. And then all those bottles got put into to a box and then yep. a box, there's a divider and then there's a pallet and then there's a stretch wrap and there's a, like, there's all this stuff. And then all of that stuff, it all needed packaging in order to get the raw materials there. It's like, I said, it's like packaging inception, right? There's just the levels yep. to the industry. And, and so that would be my answer, which is I wouldn't have a job and, and I would be totally fine with that. Right. Because that would yeah, mean solved it. Yeah. that we've solved it. And so yeah. uh, I just, I just don't want to work. That's what my, uh, that's my answer, but that would, that would be mine is, is no packaging. Um, but I, like I, I don't, I don't foresee that actually happening. There are some, there's a grocery store here. That's a packaging free grocery store. You can just go, you bring your own stuff and you buy groceries there and then you go home. But again, it's a convenience thing, right? So sure. you've got even like the, have you seen like the recycle ready plastics where you can take and drop off in a store oh, yeah. or, yeah, yeah. you know, or like uh, what like TerraCycle is doing where yeah. you send things in. Um, I even think that has not, that has a really low adoption rate. The recycle ready certainly does. I don't know what TerraCycle's adoption rate is. Um, but requiring people to do things seems to be, seems to be difficult. Uh, they just want ease, right? Like that's why Amazon killed it is just get on your phone and order it. It shows up at your house. Yep. Absolutely. Thanks for the question though. That was fun. I've never had it. I've never had the tables turned on me. Of course. I was interested to hear an expert's opinion. Uh, well, I'll, I'll get one of my friends on later. You can hear an expert's (laughs) opinion, but I'll give you, I'll give you mine either way. Um, well, Greg, this has been awesome. So, uh, I, you know, I already kind of gave the the website for people to go check out your company. You've got awesome things in the works. Um, as we were talking sort of pre-call, this idea of, of carbon capture is like, like early stage internet, like just in the, in the military, like yeah. intranet kind of stuff. Like I, I think companies like yours are, are super early adopters, but the, the level of innovation is just going to, is going to speed up. I hope, right. And I'm sure, you know, you, you hope more than I do and, and are actively doing it. So um, I hope everyone can follow aircompany.com. Uh, what other, are, are, you know, what other ways are you on LinkedIn? You know, yeah. like, yep. Yep. We're at Instagram at air company and Twitter is at, at Airco NYC. Uh, we have a LinkedIn page and I, I wish I knew the URL off the top of my head, but <laughs> I, right. I don't. Uh, it's probably Airco or, or something. I'm, sure, I'm sure people can use, there's a little search bar, everybody, on, on LinkedIn. You can probably find it that way. Uh, right. Well, Greg, this has been great. Uh, I really appreciate, appreciate you coming on. Um, I'll reach out to you when I'm in New York City. Would love Likewise. to. Uh, would love to actually try your product uh, in, in New York. So we'll make that happen. And uh, please let me know. I will. I will. Thanks for being on. Appreciate it, Adam. Yep. Well, that is it for another episode of the People of Packaging podcast. Thanks for listening. It would mean so much to us if you would like and share and subscribe to this podcast. We want as many people to know about the incredible people that we have in the packaging industry because we believe that packaging is awesome. Thanks again.